express your dependence on God. of our hearts, we love you, we exalt you, we honor you, Jesus.
Thank you. 
never fails me yet. Never fails me yet. Jesus' blood never fails me
Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 says and thou and thou from a child Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. You have it here up here? Oh, okay. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are, if you have a Bible, please look into a Bible, which are what? Able to what? Make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16 now says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Praise God. So we'll just look into the scriptures a bit. It's, it's, um, it's just... It's a beautiful thing when men give their hearts and their souls to God in worship. You, there's nothing better than seeing Jesus for yourself. Are you there? Yes, 
There's nothing better than sin Jesus for yourself. But now let's just look into the word of God a bit and now enjoin you and encourage you to take um, these things to heart to give yourself to these things and pay attention and be attentive be attentive and show you minimize every distraction and just be attentive praise God hallelujah so the scripture says that and that from a child has known as the holy scriptures and was talking to Timothy, and that was the Apostle Paul to Timothy, and was saying that from a child has known their holy scriptures, and of course he made reference to, you know, the faith that was in your grandmother, and the faith in your mother, Lois, and Eunice, and he says, which is also in you, and now he says, and one of the things he showed us there was that from a child, your grandmother has shown you this kind of faith, your mother showed you this kind of faith, and then it is also in you, so... Um, you must understand that faith does not start with a particular generation, as in, like, you're, you're not the one that devises a new faith. Um, the, it is best to ensure that what you believe is in line with those who have gone ahead of you. Right? You understand? The, praise God. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, right? the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author of our faith. But when the Lord Jesus was on the face of the earth, he handed over this thing. He says, the glory which thou hast given me, I have given to this ones. I pray for this ones, and not for only this ones, for every one of them who shall believe in them. Believe me through their word. That's in John 17, praise God. So Jesus prayed for the apostles, the immediate apostles who he handed over this gospel to. And not only them alone, he prayed for those who will believe in them, as in, in the word of God and this gospel, through the words of these apostles. Hallelujah. So, this faith is transgenerational. The Bible says that, um, um, that you should, um, through faith, um, the, no, the Bible says in Hebrews um, 13, talks about, that follow them, as is considering their conversation, follow them that have the rule over you, considering their conversation. And he, the conversation he used there is Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. First of all, let me pause, by the way. Are you saying we can't project? What's the real issue? Is there an issue? There is. What's the issue? We've been using that that laptop for some time now. Oh, really? Okay. Do you have a laptop you can use in projecting? All right. So you have your Bible students, right? Is it okay to use your Bibles? You have Bibles here? Okay, good. Now, I want you to follow me closely. And please, let's try and cut um, um, distractions at the back. So, basically, the faith is transgenerational. Now, this is what it means. Are you paying attention? This is what it means. It means that the Jesus your, your grandfather believed must be the Jesus your father believed and must be the same quality of Jesus you believe. 
There are no remixes to the faith. There are no modified versions of the faith. There are no updated OS of the faith and downgraded OS of the faith. And it is not true that there is a peculiarity of the Jesus of your generation that your grandmother did not need. Or your mother, do you understand? It is not true. And do not buy into anything that tells you that for every generation we must modify Jesus to fit it. No. There is a one Jesus all across board. Have you noticed that we don't have an updated King, King James Version? I know some other translations can be updated, but those who really believe Jesus use KJV. Um, uh, except you're, you're using uh, Jesus, the Jesus, that man of Galilee is in KJV. But, but I don't know about other translations that people use, um, the Jesus of California. But I don't know about that. But I'm talking about the real Bible. <laughs> the same scriptures apply to every generation. Praise God. So he says that um, all scriptures, and the scripture he says is all, is, um, it says from the child has known the Holy Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation um, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And he says in verse 16, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. It's given by inspiration. That is all scripture is inspired of God. And they're inspired of God for one reason or for some reasons here. It says it's, and it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for doctrine. For doctrine. Let me tell you something about doctrine. Uh, if I teach you about faith, and tomorrow I come teach about holiness, and tomorrow I come teach about prosperity, and to the next day I come teach about um, baptism and another day I come teach about um, I'm trying to use something even more contemporary relationships now if my teaching on faith contradicts my teaching on holiness contradicts my teaching on relationships contradicts my teaching on baptism, if you cannot put them side by side, place them on the same seat and be able to trace, and even if you use different scriptures for this one, there, because this is how I mean it, just like you, you talked about OS, there must be a reasoning OS that goes between holiness into baptism, into relationship, into faith. Even if I use the same scriptures. Now, it is not true <laughs> that there is an interpretation of the scripture that will fit in relationships, but when I bring down that scripture and put it on faith, it will shake. Now, you know when you've gotten doctrine, and it's something any child of God, young child of God like you, Timothy, you should, you should drive yourself towards achieving. Listen, a number of us have different concepts. A number of us have different messages from different men of God. A number of us have different understandings of different aspects of the faith. A number of us 
have levels of understanding whatsoever. But you know what? You have not understood doctrine until everything you hold can sit on the same fence, on the same line with one line and it will, there won't be an imbalance in one place or the other. You have not gotten it when there is an imbalance. Your relationship is like this and then your faith is like this. You have not gotten doctrine yet. So the reason why we say all scripture is profitable for doctrine is this. Until from Genesis straight to Revelation, there are no grumpy, bumpy areas. You have not understood doctrine. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. So you know what? Don't be too quick to be an authority. Calm down. I tell you, and, and I will tell anyone. <laughs> I will tell anyone, especially in this hour bracket. Don't be too quick. Don't be too quick to shout like you know something. You don't. I tell you, you do not. You do not. You do not. Doctrine is not a presentation. It's tested truth. It's not just, are you following this? So how long, when did you come on board that you already know everything? You do not. And I'm not saying you can't know something, but I'm just simply telling you that before you would have attained it, there is some measure work. Let me show you. Oh, I, want, I, I like, I teach, What? It's working now. Thank you. God bless you for helping me out. And help me with Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Isaiah 28 and verse 9. You see, now the OS is working now. See, it means, it means well. Look at this. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Pause. Have you thought about it? Have you read Proverbs before? You, at least three words are very loud in Proverbs. Wisdom. Knowledge, understanding. You've read that before. You know, sometimes you read it, it so, becomes so annoying. You're like, can't you, just, can't you just be straightforward for once? He will repeat it in different times and you're like, you wear me out with this thing. And then you see a scripture that says, whom shall he teach knowledge? Now, question, do they, they teach knowledge? Have you thought about it? Someone can teach knowledge. It did not say teach science or teach medicine. Teach law. You know that's a measure of gnosis. That's knowledge. But it says, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand what? It means that it is taught. And he did not say. And listen, first of all, the understanding, it is... It is a teaching ministry of the Spirit of God. If you check the scripture that we're reading, it's not just, it did not say, it's talking about, that he is not man, yeah, it's God. Whom shall it, it says, them that are weaned from the milk, that's those who can understand knowledge, those that can understand doctrine are not babies. Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts, You know why? Because 
What's breast milk? Breast milk is the food mother eats. She digests it, processes it before it becomes milk for the child to have. That means that the child cannot have the raw version. Right? (laughs) Another thing is this. Breast milk is sweet. So, children like breast milk. Have you seen some children before? You tell them, they want breast milk, but you say, come and have rice. Come and have beans, mashed beans. I mean, mashed potatoes, no. But if you give them the breast milk, they will go for it. When you are trying to, at that stage, when you want them to start eating solid, but they will prefer to still have breast milk. You know, some still suck breast milk. Some of you suck still too. <laughs> but you see, them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from breast, verse, verse 10, for precept must be upon precept. Are you getting this? This is how it works. Precept upon precept, line upon line. You see, now to understand knowledge and doctrine, line upon line upon line. <laughs> you see how meticulous you have to be. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. What? For which what? Stammering leaves. And another tongue, will he speak to these people? You know what? That was tr- these tongues, basically. You get that? This is for with stammering lips. Praise God. So he says, all scripture, now let's just run. He says, it's profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. It's profitable for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect what? Thoroughly furnished unto what? All good works. Who is the usher here? If you're an usher, please come. If you're an usher, please come. It's not a trial. It's not just, okay, just come. We were wondering what are they going to do with us again? God. So he says, um, for, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for ins- correction, for instruction, where? In righteousness, that the man of God may be what? Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all what? Good works. So listen, it's for the man of God to be perfect, to be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's the essence of all scriptures. Now, if the man of God does not submit himself to scriptures, what he will have as the product of the life of the man of God is a life that is not thoroughly furnished. Number two is, is, thank you, is, is a life that does not accurately represent represent what the the standard of God. Open it for me, please. Yeah. Will be a false representation of God. 
So listen, God is into the business of trimming the different excesses in the man of God. He wants to cure him of... Thank you. Are you following me? And this is one body of believers, and I believe God that you do not want to have a half-baked, poor misrepresentation of, of God, of the Lord Jesus. But I must show you the way. It's something you must be desirous and, and you are interested in. It's not something that will just fall on your laps. You must understand and you must see it as, if, as so important because you determine how far you go in this work of our Lord Jesus only to the extent of how furnished you are, only to the extent of how submitted you are to scripture. Remember what we looked at last Saturday. If you are not a man or a woman under authority, you cannot command. Take it from me. You cannot command. And in a matter of days, in a matter of weeks, in a matter of months, in a matter of years, If we keep being rebellious to our Lord Jesus Christ, our world will tell us to keep quiet when we say Jesus. The day you just say, gee, they'll say, will you shut up? And what is more is that they will tell you, you, you see, you are saying Jesus, you that I saw here, you that I saw do this, you that I saw do that. Why? And you know what? And there will be a congregation of people in the name of church but a poor misrepresentation of the Lord Jesus. What is worse to the faith is when you are completely discredited. Then tell me one reason why someone should believe you. The moment you lose your voice, what else do you have left? You walk up to someone to tell the person about Jesus and he can tell you, Tell me about Jesus. If that is, if 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 Jesus is that, I would rather go to hell. You have no idea that until you and the Scriptures become one, it is only the reason why you will form or have some level of authority to speak. And the way we are going as church. We are gradually getting to a place where we, we, we are losing our voice. I'm saying it on a very light note, but I know and, I'm, and I mean every word of it. We are losing our voice. We are losing our voice. And I do not just say voice because of singing. No, I mean that when there is a church in a society, the Bible says when the righteous is in the place of authority, the people rejoice. There is an effect of righteousness just because you are in a place of authority. It doesn't mean that he is a Christian that is in the position. No. He is a person by which who has interacted with righteousness from the beginning that there is now he's, he's seated in that place is a function of the is, is a function of the lifting by virtue of, inter, of, of being a righteous man. Oh, oh God. The Bible says he that is righteous doeth righteousness. Have you read that in your Bible? 
First John 3.16. Please help us. You see, he that is righteous does righteousness. Don't be deceived that he that is righteous is being righteous. No. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is the first thing we tell the baby. The baby must move from just speaking I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus to doing righteousness. Please show me that scripture. To doing righteousness. That is, there must be from the being to the doing. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Okay, verse... Give me verse 18. This, uh, this is not a scripture. Help me. That's First John. I think First John. Is it 4? We'll find it please. Just a minute. Praise God. This is First John 3. I guess. First John 3 what? Okay, little children, let no man deceive you. Thank you very much. He that doeth doeth righteousness is what? Righteous. Even as he is what? Righteous. He did not, did you see that he did not remove, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? He says, he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is. Look at verse 8. He that what? Is who is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now verse 9. Whosoever committed sin, whosoever is born of God, does not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin, because he is born of God. Let me see verse 10. In this, have you seen this? The children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. The apostle John says, let me tell you, let me tell you how we will distinguish those who are the children of God and those who are the children of the devil. In this, in the doing of righteousness is how we distinguish them. Do you know what it means to do righteousness? It means when the word tells you not to do it, you do not do it. It means when the spirit of God in your spirit, tells you not to do it, you do not do it. And when he tells you to do it, you do it. Hello? It's in this that the children of God and the devil, children of the devil are manifest. Whosoever doeth not righteousness, he says it again, is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Verse 11. Verse 11, for this is the message which you have heard from beginning. So, bring it back to verse 7. So, this is, verse 7 starts with all of the things I have said to you, little children. What? Be, let no man what? The first classical deception. I'm still the righteousness of God, the Christ Jesus. But you can't do it. All right. You can't do it. <laughs> the deception is this. That's how we distinguish them. There is a, there's something called the force of righteousness. 
the force of righteousness. People do not just... You see, how do we, we get to the point where what we represent? Because now we have come into a day and age where there is no more time for religion. Have you noticed that in this day and age, people are more tired? You need to sweet talk them to come to church. Have you noticed? <laughs> when we get to the place where we use freebies, we use bonanzas, we use raffle draws, we use this thing to get people to church, <laughs> then what engine, what will run the Christian life? If you, inside of yourself, are exhausted, have nothing inside of you that, that endears you to the presence of God, by yourself, you are self-motivated to serve God. So another external force from without, another human being has to make you prize God above every other thing. Has to make you see that it's, it's good to serve God. How t- you, see, you see, when you get to that level, you are on red zone. Red zone. You are going down. You don't know. You're almost gone. You see, because to sweet talk someone to, it means that there is no koinonia. There is no fellowship. There is no rubbing of, there is no love relationship. In a true love relationship, if there is true intimacy, you want to see the other person. But how is it when you see a relationship where you don't want to see the other party, you are tired of the other person's call, you don't want to just be out there, you don't want to roll with the person, you don't want to just walk with the person. You, what is going on? You, we already know this relationship has hit the rock. When a Christian does not just want to be around God, it's boring to be with God. Is burdensome to be with God. Every other thing is exciting except church. Every other thing exciting except God. Is laborious to serve God. We have to use punishment to make you serve God. Listen, if they punish you to serve God, they are even saving your life. <laughs> oh God. Is they are rescuing you from the fire. Have you, have you read down your Bible? <laughs> There are many scriptures that are just popping up in my mind. Do you know the Bible says, and of some have compassion in Jude. Oh, have you seen that in your Bible? Please help me. Please help me. We are, we are preaching together, please. You know we are preaching together, Jude. And of some have compassion. It talks about the flesh. Jude, that's Jude um, something towards the end. I know I know the particular area in my Bible, but I don't. Jude what 22, okay? Jude 22. When he talked about in the last days of the scoffers and talks about those who walk after the flesh, and then, and then, are we there? Is it there? It says, and of some. So so he now says, building up yourself on your most holy faith. What praying in the Holy Ghost. What, and keep yourself in the love of God. Looking unto, help me with the previous verse. We're going together and building up. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. 
and of some have compassion. You know what they're saying now. Look at this. Have compassion, yes. Making a difference. What difference is it? Look at 23. And others save with fear. What are you doing? You know how we're saving them with, with fear. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. You would think he just spoke literature. What do we call that in literature? He just spoke. We don't even know what he's talking about. (laughs) He knows what he's talking about. There was only one person that did that too in the Bible. Who was that? Who was that? (laughs) Bible student. Wake up, wake up, wake up. There was only one person that did that in the Bible. Who was that? Hmm? 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 And of some have compassion. <laughs> uh, making a difference. And others save with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Who is that? Eh? <laughs> Number two, Elijah. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Please help me with water. Jesus is Lord. Elijah, who said, you say Elijah. Who else? Let me get all your options. Huh? Which one? Don't be scared. Now, to speak, now the righteous is bold as a lion. I mean. Hmm? help you, don't worry. What's the next verse after this? Is that this last verse, right? Now to him who's able to keep it from, okay, let's go back. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. You know who this is? It's Lot. Now make sense. Oh, it doesn't. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment. Let me hear your arguments. Let me even hear your arguments. <laughs> Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Bible students. And others save with fear, pulling them. How many of them? Lot, his wife, his daughters. As a matter of fact, he was, he was supposed to have sons, in, son-in-laws. It's just so unfortunate. How many persons were rescued that day? You know, Abraham negotiated up to 10. And yet they were still not up to 10. Uh Uh-oh. Come on. Are you ready tonight? (laughs) 
He negotiated from 50 down to 10. They were still not up to 10. If they were up to 10, they would have saved Sodom and Gomorrah. There were just eight. And still his wife looked back. (laughs) Do you know that he said, get the hands out of here, Lot and all that are with thee. Do you know they did not come out? Go read your Bible very well. The angel took them by the hand, grabbed them, and pulled them and took them up the cliff to tell you that it was the mercy of God just to get them out of the fire. You guys will die here. God will not change his mind about destroying this place. You will die here. But you know what? Because one man righteous Abraham had prayed, stayed in the gap for them. If To tell you that even as the angels grabbed them by the hand, that was the reason why the wife still looked back. Because if she was left to herself, she wouldn't come out. She wouldn't come out. She will lead. They dragged you out, you still look back. And listen, the looking back is not just looking back. It's a longing to want to be there and fellowship with them in that kind of lifestyle. Men were sleeping with men. The, I mean, I mean, Lot said, I have virgin daughters here. Take them. And yet they said, no, we want to sleep with angels. Ha. You have mind. See, the day where men's civilization failed them, to the point where they now go for men. Now, do, they said, take me, said no. And you said, no, we want men. And they almost broke the door. And the angel, out, out of mercy, blinded them. Ah, man. Oh, my. Oh, my. Let me tell you something. Do not trust this place. If men were in there, did they they not have brains? They had brains. I tell you this, our safety is not here. You see, all these people that are very good intellectuals and speak all the English you want to speak. Speak. If your spirit man is not actively communing with God, him breathing in his mind, his love, his his passion, the things he he chooses, the things, the, the, the way of the scriptures, if it is not running through your spirit like the active DNA, like the blood flowing through your body, listen, your safety is not here. And let me tell you, for Christians, our judgment is when we know here and yet we follow here. You know what? In the judgment day, you cannot say you did not know. Because this one does not lie. But you know what? You silence this one with this one. The doom and catastrophe for the world and even for the churches. When the church becomes a congregation of people who are not led by God's spirit anymore. They don't know the mind of God by time. They only function from here. You see, 
We are not capable of changing our world with this. They also have this with us. It is this that makes the difference. The spirit of the Lord in the heart of man is something more than gold. (laughs) In the days to come, we will know the value of the spirit. All the church has is the spirit. We don't have. It's here that that informs here. It's here that renews here. The renewing of the mind doesn't come from outside here. Mm -mm. It comes from here. Here. Did you saw the scripture? Whom shall he teach knowledge? It says this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel in the last days. They will no bomb say, call the other person, know ye the Lord, because all shall know me. And to tell you, it is not a function of the kind of churches they attend. It says, from the least to the greatest. Why? Because all of them will have one distinctive feature. They have the spirit within. It will tell them the right from wrong. It says, you will hear a voice behind you telling you which way to go. So if I see a brother, if I see a sister, the best thing I can do for you is to teach you how to maximize this one inside. How to follow this one inside to tell you your safety is only here. If I leave you the way you go intellectually, you are going down. You are not inoculated against the deception that this world will offer. Do you know that our, our parents' generation did not have the exigencies we have. But you know something about them? Those guys serve God. Yes. When you look at them, they know God. They may not have all the Greek tenses, Hebrew words, but tell me one thing, those guys, and you know what? We fight today with them. And what we fight on is just gnosis. But those guys know God from here. That man carries his big Bible, goes for Bible study. He doesn't know so much. What do they preach there? But you know what? Those guys, they have resigned to follow Jesus. There is something, you can't take that Bible from him. And you know what? They are simple, as simple can be. But you know what? We are as complicated, as complex can be. And yet we don't know anything. We don't know anything. We know more than them, but yet we we are more <laughs> less spiritual than they. You can't take them from their old even those old time churches, all those old churches, those churches, those Anglican churches, those Methodist churches. You can't get them out of those churches with your new generation preaching. <laughs> oh my. They don't know all the very beautiful songs we have, but, they, they, but you know when a person knows God. Even to their deathbed, they will sing the little songs they know. And they will cross the divide with a smile. But check us out. We dress the most and we are yet the most confused. The most confused. 
Have we come to see that this gnosis is not enough? If a man is not changed from within, he's yet but a carcass. You are not capable of influencing the world for Jesus. Those, we know our own generation, we put our hands to the plow and we look back. Those guys, when they put their hand, they put it there and they die there. Why didn't we learn it? Well, we didn't learn it. That's why he told Timothy, the faith in your grandmother, the faith in your mother is also in you. But you know what he was telling him? He told Timothy, that's it, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. Because Timothy was already getting scared. Can I do this? The things that are happening. And he says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He says, come on, endure hardness as a soldier of the Lord Jesus. You can face it. And don't allow anything to make you keep your mouth shut. And he tells him more. Be thou an example unto all believers. In word, in conversation, in lifestyle, in doctrine, in faith, in charity, in spirit. He tells him, brace up. Stop this cowardly. Why are you feeling like this? The faith that's in your mother and your grandmother is also in you. And from a child that you have known the scriptures, he's able to make you wise. Brace up. He didn't give us the spirit of fear. Why am I saying this to us, VHF? We have to, stop, we have to start. <laughs> we have to do ministry the way it was handed over to us. If we do not, God forbid that we be a matter of the past. Did you hear what I just said there? So, until we have a culture and a tradition of raising men to follow the Spirit, I'm talking about men learning. You see, you see, let it be that men come to school to learn academic work here and there, but when they come to church, they come to learn how to operate by the Spirit. I did not say to move in signs and wonders. No. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That's not what I'm saying. I didn't say to move by power and all of that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's not enough. <laughs> oh God. Are you following this? What I'm simply saying is to teach men, baptizing men in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Let me tell you what it means. It means that what men come into the house and are baptized into is how to flow with the Spirit of God inside of them that men can begin to find the expression of God, the true expression that God had deposited in their spirit from the foundations of the world. Oh my God. See, men... Do not find a meaning to their lives until they find Jesus. But you, the house, must be a house that teaches them how to find that meaning in their lives. And you can't do that with just being intellectual. You can only do that with showing them how to utilize the tools of the Spirit. Is it dangerous if you do not? Yes, it is. 
Let me tell you something. I, I, I do not know how the manner, the style, the function of doing things is another day's talk. Administration. We'll look into administration soon. But you know what? I am showing you the more excellent way. Show men how to be led of God's spirit. Show men the pathway to the fruit of the spirit. Show men the way are you getting me? Harness men to being taught from here, to teach this one from here. Show men the pathway to devotion. Maintaining koinonia with Jesus. Show men how to always spend time with Jesus. Teach men how to pray. Commandment I give you unto you. <laughs> Not any other thing. Teach men how to pray. Teach men the discipline of sitting down and hearing the word of God. Teach men the discipline of sitting for long under the word of God. Teach men the practice of fastings. Give me Amos chapter 8 verse 11. Teach men how to stay under authority. Teach men how to hear. When a man tells you do this, you do it. Teach men to be obedient. Teach men to be submissive. The Bible says for the time will come when men will be lovers of themselves. They will be heady. They will be traitors. Full of themselves. Heaping unto themselves teachers with itching ears. Oh my. Behold the days come, said the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water. But of what? Even if the whole school is without the word of God, the house must be a house of bread. The word must be supreme. Listen. Watch it when men come for any other thing other than the word. It is okay that men can come by some other freebies. But ensure there is a discipling system that they must enter into. Or else you will raise hidden in the name of Christians, in the name of being trendy, in the name of being popular, in the name of having congregation. But yet, you are only raising mixed multitudes. There will be people who can withstand the word of God. Oh, is this? Are you listening to what I'm saying? I hope I'm talking to leaders here. You must love the truth. You must stay in the truth. And it says of some, save fear. You see why if sometimes, if you punish this person, you know why we're we're punishing him? (laughs) Now think about it. The apostle Paul punished someone in the Bible. You know that man? He talked about the man that was sleeping with his father's wife. Do you know? Now, let me ask you. You know, some people say, you see, the Apostle Paul was not there. He says, they should do it. Cast that wicked person out. That's what he calls it. This is a little living, a little living, living at the whole lump. Meaning this, if you let that wicked person stay in your midst, everybody will think it is okay to sleep with somebody's wife. 
Everybody will think it's okay to sleep with you. Now, question. If, you know, some, you know that guy can be in some churches and they'll say, well, you know, let the word of God, and when the word of God enter his heart, he will change. He will change, he will repent. But now, the apostle Paul said, no. If we don't raise, raise the standard now, we are indulging that guy. You know, it's just a matter of fact. It's just a matter of time. This guy will think it's okay to be in church and do these things. But do you know that you send a message to everybody that it is dangerous and deadly to do this thing and we'll kick you out if we find out. And then they kick one man out. Everybody, the fear of God will come into everybody's heart. But you know that they kicked him out to save the guy. So that the guy will find out that he did something really wrong and go to God in repentance. But you know this inclusive gospel that we can preach where we will say it's okay to be, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And do you know you are destroying the person's life? Because you have become a partaker of other people's sins. Raise the standard of righteousness. Don't only preach being the righteousness of God in Christ. Emphasize and demand righteousness from men. I'm, I, I, the things that I'm mentioning, I hope you're taking them, taking note of them. Demand righteous living from people. If a man will not submit himself to authority, he must not be given authority. That is VHF. If a man will not hear, cannot be under authority, he's not capable of authority. Do not raise a novice into an office. You want to destroy him. He doesn't know anything. He'd rather leave the office empty. Have caretaker ministries that take care of that office than put a novice. You must raise men. Discipling is what Jesus called you to do. You will not do it better in any other way. It must still be what? Discipling. Our end goal is not to raise men for ministry purposes. Our end goal is to have an harvest of of soldiers for the Lord Jesus. They did not tell us that they were apportioning, laying hands on Philip to go and get Samaria. They scattered. Philip by himself converted the whole Samaria. They later went there to go and see what was going on there. If we want to break bread, we say we do not want to leave the word of God and serve tables. Are we raising men that can serve tables? Do we have Stephen in our midst? It does not have to be in the pastorate. Do we have Philip? Do we have Prochorus? Do we have them in our midst? If we say look for men full of the Holy Ghost, with wisdom, do we have them in our midst? If there is no training system to bring such results of men, they can learn school work. This house is a house that churns out men, mature men. I asked one question. If we do not do it, is there a, yes, there's a huge, huge disaster. Let me tell you, for every ineptitude a Christian chooses to abide in, for every lackadaisical attitude you find of a Christian, there is, it is to the destruction of the world. I'll say it again. Every day you choose to be indolent as a Christian, 
you subject our world to to a system of not having any reference point of Jesus around to convict them of their sins to bring them, to show them the way so this is it listen to everyone, everybody listen to me it is compulsory compulsory to walk closely with the Lord to everyone in leadership it is compulsory, not only for your personal life but for the sake of the ministry compulsory let me tell you why because depending on who is at the forefront here leadership i'm talking about the leadership of the house if you are not a man that is given to god to scriptures to obedience to authority to sanctification to righteousness if you are not let me tell you what you will be churning out from your spirit if you are a baby you know what you will do you will excuse all the protocols that God has set out in his word for either fame, popularity, for anything you want to do and then draft out another system other than what he has created in his word. It's just a matter of time. Every time the set man does not see, he's raising men that are full of blindness. The days will come, those who will come after will say, that is how Pastor So 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 used to do it. And they did not see anybody who was a worthy example to show them the way of the spirit. What did they learn? They learned men that showed them the way of the flesh. It's just a matter of time. Men will be sleeping with themselves in church. Ladies and fornication will be the hallmark and nobody will be able to call them to order. You, instead of... I, I hope you are listening to what I'm saying. You know why Jesus condemned the Pharisee? He says, see... Is a different thing if you left the proselyte where he was. But you know what? With your horrible religious attitude and disposition. You know what you did? You went to get the proselyte in the name of converting him. And you make him twofold. Twice the son of hell. You know what you did? He was already going to hell. But now you now enthroned him with your religion to kill him perpetually. That With what he will now believe from you. He will not even see light and recognize it. He will see light. He will say no. Light that would have ordinarily saved him from his sins. But you know what you did? You now added your own religion on top. So men will come from their fathers and mothers' houses with the churches and little backgrounds they have from their home church. And they come to school and they learn that there's another style of enthroning sin in school. You made them worse off. You have left them in their own parents' churches. Instead of bringing them to a system that inculcates and trains them, inundates them against the gospel. Deadly. Deadly. And let me tell you, my Bible tells me that every man will give account. It says, the Bible says, tell, let them that are masters. It says, you see, be not many masters. You know why? That word, them, be not many masters, is in James. It says, be not many teachers, for indeed we shall receive the greater condemnation. You, you are a disaster to the body when you stand in front and you teach men a way other than the word. You are a disaster to the body. Because you are not only saying it, you are also doing it. And men are learning it. The day we get tired of prayer meeting is the day we are going down. 
I, I did not say we are, we are going down. The day prayer meeting, the attendance is five. But um, Maggie Chicken Kitchen's program, we are 100. We are going down. I do not have a problem with a beautiful program, but ensure there is a discipling system. If you leave, do one, leave the other. <laughs> Don't think you are too young. <laughs> Your own king is waiting. The Bible says in Luke 12, help me with Luke 12. I'm so sorry. It, wasn't, it didn't mean to come out this hard, but, yeah. but you're learning something. Yes, Look at Luke 12 and verse 48. Ah, Jesus. Luke chapter 12. Look at, give me verse 20, 41. 41. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or even to all? Where he was saying a number of things. Look at 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler? over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season. Verse 43, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. So doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he had. Now look at verse, but and if that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth where? In his coming. And shall begin to what? Beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and drink and to be drunken. You understand. The Lord of that servant will come in a day. You're doing every other thing other than what I sent you to do. Church is a serious business. There is, we only follow the script of the Lord. He did not send you to do any other thing. For every other step you are out of the way, not aligned with his own will, to that extent your punishment. I will tell you the truth. I tell you. He will come in the day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. There's a portion for the unbelievers. What is it? The person who does not steal word right and the unbelievers are the same place, the same boat, same category. Next verse, please. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. You knew it, but didn't do it. The next one is, but he that knew not, he didn't know it, and did not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. You didn't know it, you'll still be beaten. You knew it, you didn't do it, you'll be beaten with much. Now it says, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. May not be in your time, 
in your leadership, what was committed into your hand wastes. You need to say a very big amen to that. Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be what? Ah, come on. That a man be what? That a man be what? (laughs) Moreover, it is required of steward that a man be what? Faithful. Faithful. Luke 13 and we end. Luke 13 and verse 1. Luke 13 and verse 1. It says, There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. I mean, people were doing their normal sacrifices according to the law. And Pilate came down there and killed them on top of the sacrifices. Pilate. (laughs) And then those people came and asked Jesus and Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose you that those Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? He says, no, 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 no. I tell you no, but except you repent, you shall all, what? Perish. Look at the next one. Or those 18, upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, Think ye they that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Now let me pause. I'll give you two answers here. It's free of charge. You can hold it anytime. Listen, some people ask questions. Lord, how, why is it that bad things happen to Christians? <laughs> because these guys are doing sacrifices. I mean, according to the law, and then bad things happen to them. Have you met, met people that ask questions? Why did my mommy die? I prayed. Why did this happen to us? But I, I trusted God. Hmm. Well, we empathize with you, really. But somehow, I've been able to find this scripture to actually answer sometimes. This scripture and one other thing answers this question. It's just like newsflash. It said Pilate killed some people while they were doing sacrifices. It looks, it looks like the way we read newspapers. Some, like, it can make headlines. Or oh, 18 people, the tower silo and fell on them. Bah. The first one was murder. The second one was accident. What would we say? And those guys came to Jesus and said, just like they went when the man, that man was born blind, they said, who did sin? Is his father, his mother, or him inside the womb? Maybe he kicked his mother too hard. And then he sinned. And then they took off his eyes. But then who did sin? Just like people have questions like that. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you had those kind of questions before? Let me tell you. Please help me now. It says, I tell you no. But except you repent, you shall all likewise what? perish. Now, look at this. Yeah, please go on. And he spake also this parable. Now, watch this closely. He said the same thing to the issue of um, um, the murder and the next to the issue of the accident. He said the same thing, right? 
except you likewise uh, um, repent, except you repent, you shall all what? Likewise perish. And then he spoke a parable. You know Jesus, he knows how to mask answers inside parables. And he spoke this parable also. He says, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why convert it to the ground? <laughs> As in like you plant a tree. You're supposed to bring forth fruit in the year. 12 months went, nothing. 24 months, nothing. 36 months, nothing. Even you. If you are the owner of that tree, what would you do? You will cut it down. Abba, who has that much patience? Even singular mango. This what, what? I mean, even you will lose patience. 36 months. Because of what? Hmm. And then he comes and looks at it, nothing. You come back, nothing. Third year, nothing. It's reasonable. You know, says, come on. Cut it down. It is taking space. That says, why it the ground? It's taking space. And he answered and said, now the vine dresser now said, said, said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. <laughs> and if it bear fruit, fine. And if not, then after, thou shalt cut it down. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Jesus has actually answered the question. But then, I look at your faces. You, you guys are still looking for the answer. Like, okay, where is the answer? Right? Mercy. Well, yeah, close. Listen. There are two principles inside of it. The first. The first is this. Let me answer the first question about why do bad things happen to them? The vine, the owner of the the vineyard came and did not find fruit there. You know it's reasonable for him to cut it down. It's reasonable to cut it down, right? But look at what. If there was no dress of the vine to say oh God wait let us dung it what would have happened if he did it was he right to have done it do you know the power of an intercessor do you know that the guy that said master leave it one more year 
Let us dung it. Did the tree make any prayer? Have you heard of situations where the guys were all in the car, they're driving, everybody died one. It was your brother that was sick. Did he have two heads? I know a situation like that. Everybody died. The guy alone. And then you ask your own question. Why? Do you know that ordinarily the judgment should have happened to all of them? Someone was somewhere holding the fort and saying, God, let this one one more chance. The guy that lived is not born again. He's not born again. He doesn't even know Jesus. But one mommy somewhere is praying. One mother somewhere. You have kids that will smoke it. Go take weed, take drugs that should ordinarily kill them. Drug overdose, cocaine overdose. The others went and this one went through the fire and came out. Even himself does not even say thank you, Jesus. But somewhere, someone was alerted. Pray. Pray. The tree itself does not know how to pray. But someone will stand the gap for destruction. It was lawful for the owner to take him out. But someone said, please, one more chance. Do we see the power of an intercessor? So sometimes, we say, go and pray. We spend time to pray as a house. We don't know those who are coming from home, coming through us. But God now uses this house as a mode to intercede for men that punctuates them from the hell that they were going to. The men see Jesus. And now everything is raising against the house that we shouldn't pray. Prayer meeting, we should scrap it. We should. Do you know what you want to do? Do you know how many people you are authorizing to go down word? Do you know that if you don't learn how to pray now, do you know you might be the one needing to pray for your children? You think you don't know Jesus now. You don't need Jesus now. Your family is depending on your growth. The family you will raise is depending on your growth, your knowledge of the Lord. You see this sitting down, you're sitting down. You better sit down well. You better sit down well. I tell you in the days to come, health systems are failing, right? Medical systems are failing. Political systems are failing. You will need only God. You will need only God at some situations. What's the difference between you and the person that was kidnapped on the expressway? Do you know it can just be prayer? If you are not a man of the spirit, you can't pick signals. 
You see, you need to, I see everyone, you need to cry to God. God, may it not happen that I lose, I lose my steam with you. May it not happen that I lose my moments, my, 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 my devotion with you. You know you can, you can, it's just the difference between a living being and a dead being. May I not lose my may I not lose my place? May I not lose it? May I not lose it? May I not lose it? We are not even talking about you being a minister in the house. We are talking about you being a believer. Being just a believer. Do you know when you've learned all those dynamics for your own private life, you know you can then do ministry well because you've learned the way of the spirit. You've learned dependence on the spirit. Your decisions are not informed by the Spirit. And then we are telling you tomorrow you will know when the Lord will alert you of danger. How will you know? How? How? You see, the deception of the age that tells you it's okay. Make church elective course. It's elective now. You do, do you have to always go? I'm tired. I want to sleep. Okay. Do you know now that you need to be in the assembly of believers like your life depends on it? Because your life truly does. It does. It does. But you know what? The systems we live in blackmails God. They say, why are you going to church all the time? You, should, you are not reading your book. They blackmail God. Make God look like he's just demanding your time. He's just wasting your time. You are just spending time in church. Every time you go and set up, every time you go and do this, blackmail God. Tomorrow they cannot save you. Tomorrow you are their savior. Do you know that just the fact that someone is connected to you, you can save the person. If you don't have friends that can pray, your own is finished. You don't have mummies that can pray, you are finished. You don't have brothers that can pray, you are finished. No godly relationships in your life, you are gone. You are gone. And you will always be sown between two. Whether you should choose the way of the Lord choose the other way the bible says the narrow path is a few there be that find it but the other one broad is the path that leadeth to destruction there is a way that cement right unto a man let me tell you they don't pray in that path they don't go to church in that path church is boring to them go ask them they do it once in a while we do online church yeah it's okay There is nothing like the devotion of spending time with God. They tell us we are going to pray one hour before the service. Starts. They will skip the prayer part. They will come to church when the word starts. You are deceiving yourself. You see, the Bible says it's good for a man to bear his body in the days of his youth. You see, pray now because there are days that are coming you won't be able to pray again. You won't be able to pray again. I tell you the truth, you won't be able to pray again. You will be so heavily pregnant, you will not be even able to say Jesus. I tell you, you'll be so pregnant you'll not be able to say Jesus. Listen, the prayer life you have raised while you are here in school will be your sustenance after some time. If you did not learn how to pray and pray consistently and you graduate like that, I'll tell you, in my graduating years, this was pastor, pastor, I was pastor, I was pastor this house. And in my graduating years, I, I said to, I, I, I felt empty. 
I felt like God, it feels like I did so much work for you, but I think I don't know you. <laughs> you think you don't know. Oh God, there is such a moment. And then in my final year, I just settled in my heart. I said, I will not graduate like this. You know what I did? I ensured every night, between 10 p.m. to 12 midnight, before the short billow hall, I will have prayed in tongues. And to make sure that I don't sleep, I start walking on the road. I can't sleep on the road. And I had to do that. Why? Because I had to learn the art of prayer for myself. I was praying all the while, learning for VHF, praying for programs, praying for this, but I said, God, I don't want to be one that always talks about you but doesn't know you. Ministry must be done from the platform of koinonia, intimacy, what you know of God. And I beg you, don't trade it for anything. Don't. Your best prayer life will be the one in school. Is it the one when you start running from Lagos traffic? Pray now. Pray. Men ought always to pray. The counterpart is fainting. I tell you, I've answered the question why men serve God in school and you don't see them again. I tell you why. I've told you the answer. But if you be want to be a man that your son will come out, find you praying in the house. Lens the fact that daddy prays at midnight. It's from now. You want to be that man that they will say, ah, at least my father was, just like we described our, our, our parents. Will you be such an example to your own? from now you see that it is not only about VHF, your life is inside anything that encourages you not to pray not to fellowship with believers not to sit for Bible not to go for midweek meetings not to, you are only a Sunday Sunday believer not to go for prayer meetings, not to stay where, not to be under authority, not to learn all these things that we've been saying, is what the devil looks like in your life. If he's a friend, that's what the devil looks like. He didn't come with ponytail. That is the devil. If you have any company in your life that doesn't take these things seriously, remove yourself from them. Bible says, avoid them. It says, walk not with them that do not walk after the traditions that you have received. They are not your friends. They will kill you. Let me tell you how they kill you. They will kill everything inside of your life. Because they will encourage you with a tradition that enthrones any other thing other than God in your life. The next point in that analogy apart from the power of an intercessor you know what it is it's stewardship stewardship 
there comes a time and this is where this house I want you to listen to this closely and I'm saying this because of the tape because I know some people will listen to this after there is some word that many people do not know in the Christian faith the word is called stewardship say pastor what do you mean did you notice that the man said I come give me the verse I come these three years did you see it and find no fruit there what was the man asking for looking for what oh come on are you sleeping off on me what was the owner of the vineyard looking for fruits was looking for fruits he came three solid years did not find fruit I said take it out tell you something you are all leaders right all leaders right don't worry even if for nothing for this fact that you are here you are a leader listen even if you are not leading anything you are leading your life listen to this closely your time your time your treasures your possessions, your relationships, your body, you are a steward of it. Let me say it again. You see, that body of yours is not your own. I hope you know. Do you know that your body is the temple of the Lord? Do you know? Oh, God. You see, the popular philosophy in town is my body, I can do with it whatever I please. <laughs> you see how anti-scriptural that is? The things that legalize abortion is because it's my body. You, you are a joker. <laughs> it's your body. You can do whatever you like. I can smoke the weed I want to eat. I can eat anything I like. No wala. Maybe at 40 you'll go home to be with the Lord. If you don't treat this body well, you know you will literally die. Do you know you will literally die? So, if you know you want this thing to keep running till 80, you know there is a way you will take care of it right now. But let me tell you why. It's not just that you will take care of it for yourself. If you live to 80 and do not fulfill the will of God, you are just a wasted life. It says, I shall not die, but shall live. But the living to do what? To declare. So if there is no declaration at the end of the day, God does not. You, see, you, think, you, think, you think God is a waster. So listen, <laughs> have you heard of persons where 
preachers, old time generals, God told them to do something they refused. He came against and do something they refused. Sent a prophet to them. Do this. They did not. Did you hear that they died? Have you read any Ken Hagen book and talks about one particular man of God? Do you remember? There's one particular man of God used to eat. <laughs> he, he would eat and eat and eat and eat. He was now very big. He was now yet 40. And then the word of the Lord came to him through Papa Hagen and said, if you do not stop, you will die. And he had a flourishing ministry, signs and wonders. But he could not cut down that thing. You know what? He died. <laughs> well, I don't even need that man's story. The Bible says that your body is the Lord. Help them. First Corinthians 6 and verse 20. It doesn't look like I'm speaking. Speaking Greek. 6 and verse 20. First Corinthians 6 and verse 20. For you are what? If they bought you with a price, do you do as you please? Is it not the owner that does as he pleases? You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God where? In your body and where? In your spirit. Which are what? This is your own. This, ident- this, this mentality of it is my body. We took it into our finances. It is my money. Do you know? We took it into politics. This is my office. What did we do? We took it into family. This is my house. We take it into leadership. This is my church. You're right. Bible tells me the earth is the Lord. Help them, Psalm 24 and verse 1. The earth is whose own? Uh-uh. And what? The fullness of the earth thereof. Now, he did not stop there. He says, the world. And they that were dwell therein. So maybe somehow somebody should tell you that do you know that you are not your own? You can't do anyhow. <laughs> this is something people don't know. You can't do anyhow. There was a guy in the Bible. His bands had increased. He, he, everything he answered to himself. Kai, my God, 100% profit. What will I do? I will tear down my bands. I will build bigger ones, fill it up. He thought it was by his fertilizer that the things were growing, yielding. I was stretched and largest. Now my soul, marry, live and marry. I know what the Lord said to him. He said, Coco, cool, cool, cool. this night your soul will be required of thee. And now when it is done, when that has happened, we will see who these things that you have laid up for who we'll see who will now enjoy it then Jesus ends that parable says so is he likewise so is he 
any man who is not rich towards God. You say, Pastor, how does this apply? The Lord commits an office into your hand and you do anyhow. We're not in our head for you. They give you that ministry, you do anyhow. I can choose to come for meetings, okay? I can do as I please, okay? You will tell us whether it is your office or his office. If you forget the principle of stewardship that they put you there for a reason. Let me tell you what stewardship is. Stewardship means that the owner is not available to do with the thing. He's not physically available. So he gave you the right to do, to act in his stead. He's not available. So it's not reasonable. For example, you're a caretaker of a house. How dare you now begin to think that when they pay rent into your account, it's not for you to remit the rent to the owner of the house. You, you know the moment where the caretaker now thinks that the money is his money. You know he has, he has trespassed. So a steward simply knows there is an owner. I am only here standing in place for the owner. Is that not a steward? There is no how the house girl can do any house. She can't do any house. When everybody has gone to work, I am the owner of the house. Okay. <laughs> Did you see the servant that says, who is that servant who his master will come and find? Because that guy, he set him to give food to everybody and he starts out drink and gets drunk and sleep on the couch, put one leg up. He says, the master will come and you know those Nollywood movies where the owner of the house will come and the, the house boy is drunk on the how will he deal with him now what am I saying look at this God if God brings you into an office I tell you I would to God I I I hope to God that you understand this thing. Don't take any leadership role for granted. I say it again. Do not take any leadership role for granted. Do not. Do you know that the God that appointed the pastor you know the pastor is an under-shepherd. You know that the pastor cannot do anyhow. I hope you know. Do you know that <laughs> so it won't be like look at Titus chapter 1 and verse 7.
dear pastor, for a bishop must be what? As what? As the steward of God. Not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given filthy look. As, no, no. As the steward of God. As the steward. Meaning that as it's there, you know, the wise pastor, you know what the wise pastor does? He goes back to God and says, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to say to your people? Are you following this? It's, 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 it's simple, basic. Do you think every time when, well, truly, if you want to know why when you see pastors sit down and pray or kneel down and pray after they, or they pray before they come teach or they pray while they spend time praying, you know why they do that? Because it is not their flock. They must know what the owner wants to say to them. They are just standing for the moment. A proud pastor does not pray before he comes. You think you know word. <laughs> no stuff. Why God, my God, I never say hallelujah, brethren. <laughs> Don't worry, they are waiting for you. He is standing in place of the real owner to say what he wants to say. He says, let him that speaks, speak as the oracle. So if the pastor is there, do you know that also the congregation that is giving offering, do you know that the money that they are giving is the money that God gave them? If they understand that the money is the Lord's as they are giving, do you know that some of them will give, you know, you are giving the Lord. It's not that you are giving the Lord money. It's the money he gave you that you are giving. You are also being a good steward by using the money right it's not leftovers we give do you understand so god is at work both here there god is also ministering to you and then god causes you to grow spiritually to now do the work of ministry are you seeing that god is the one running the, are you see are you seeing the the chemistry are you seeing the system the body of Christ will now do... You know why? Because God himself cannot come down and do it. If God could do it, he will come down and preach the gospel by himself. But you know what? God uses you and I as we make ourselves available as stewards. So that anointing is not the man of God's anointing. It's someone that gave it to him. Do you know? I hope you know the anointing is not self-generated. So that thing that makes you sing, people fall under the anointing, is calm down. And it's the same thing that makes you have enough resources, financial resources. You will not say, oh, my business, you will God, by 5,000. So if you look at church closely, you will see that church is entirely run by God. The man of God being led, the, the people on this earth, pews are also being led. Do you know that? Leadership, the spirit of God everywhere. Everywhere. The body of Christ is run by the spirit of God. Now this is what happens. When you now treat leadership role outside of the spirit, this is what happens. 
the owner of the vineyard will come one day and knock. Coco, Coco, I need fruit. The first year will come. Second year comes. Third year comes. And you know what Jesus says? I have called you. You did not call me. It's me that called you. I have now ordained you that you bring bear fruit. The Bible says that the tree, the branch that bears fruit, I am the vine. It says the branch that bears fruit, what he does is that he prunes it to bring forth more. Have you read that in your Bible? The one that does not now bear fruit, what does he do? He cuts it off and men gather it and burn it. So, if you are properly attached in synchrony with what God is doing in time, in ministry, in mindset, in mentality, you know what you will do? You will be producing his fruits. He will not come and say, Co, 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 Kenny, fruit. Year one, no fruit. Year two, no fruit. Year three, no fruit. What do you think the owner should do to a tree that does not bear fruit? Cut it out. No man rises by mistake. For example, listen, if you steward God's people well, if you steward God's people well, there is a reward for it, they increase. If you steward God's finances well, He will trust you with more. If you steward the anointing well, He will trust you with more. If He if you steward, give me, if you steward that office well, you are setting yourself for much more. Campus days may be your if you steward well, you are setting yourself for much more. But if you do it anyhow, if you do it anyhow, you are demoting yourself. If you want to serve God well in this house, don't serve it for man. Don't because of my fellow ministers. Serve God from your heart, from your spirit. Ensure that you are resonating the mind of God part time. Bring forth fruit. The Bible says to him the heart, more will be given unto him. To him that had not, even that which he had, meaning that he has, will be taken away from him. Some of you the stepping stone to the greater things God will do in your life, He will use this one to see whether you will steward it well. All those attitudes you want to bring, you better keep, better quench it by yourself. You don't need anybody to quench it. Quench it by yourself and realize: Am I being a proper pastor? Am I being a proper choir leader? Am I being a proper DG? Am I being a proper director? Am I doing my work or am I doing it uh, gradually doing it as I please? Leadership 
calls for stewardship. Steward it right. Serving the Lord Christ. Steward it right. Steward it right. The day you tell the Lord Jesus, all the money in my account is yours. And steward, do you know that you you position yourself that if you say, Lord Jesus, there is no money, do you know that the Lord will quickly, you will be surprised the way money will come come into your hands? Because you are not selfish. You are not thinking your own. You are not propagating your own kingdom. It's for thine is thy kingdom. It is thy power. It is thy glory. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure. Not your pleasure. Not your pleasure. You are there to find out what he wants to do. Not what you want to do. Did you get that? Did you get anything? I want you to pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. You have two things to pray. Lord, may I not miss the seasons of my life. May I not chase shadows and leave substance. You may be in 100 level, 200 level. This is a moment to bow your knees to the Lord and say, God, I will serve you all of my days. May I not miss the moment of the Lord in my spirit. I mean, you, 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 may I not miss following Jesus. May I not chase religion instead of a heartfelt koinonia with Jesus. Come on, pray for yourself. Some of you, your life will depend on this decision you are making. The decision you are making. That decision that I will serve Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will prioritize his will. I will prioritize your will for my life. Over and above. Over and above. Over and above. He 
is a dispensation of the spirit jesus here i come your children your parents your brothers your sisters that depending on your close walk with jesus i will be an example i'll be an example i'll be an example i won't miss it you cannot afford to miss it you cannot afford to miss it you cannot afford to miss it a man of authority a man under authority Jesus Oh Jesus Shela bala kasia na mano sia na bahala Sheke poradoko sia manamaka Jesus you have my heart 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 I assure you you have my heart you are all my heart everything that i am everything that i have is yours jesus shila balaka uraba siata mandekos shile de belokos yana manos yana ma come on pray for yourself i choose the way of the lord i choose the way of the lord i choose the way of the lord shila parusia makala nelabakos Jesus, 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 have mercy on me, have mercy on me. So mala 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 kasia dana shele bala shada bala kara siala baka come on Jesus 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 to be proper stewards of the manifold grace of God to be proper stewards a faithful steward of the grace of God I won't miss it I won't waste your resources I won't waste the position I won't waste the influence I won't waste the possession I won't waste the authority come and pray for yourself come and pray for yourself Jesus Jesus Forever I commit myself to prayer I commit myself to the word I will not be tired I will not be tired. I will not be tired. I choose the way of the Lord. I will seek Jesus. I will serve Jesus all the days of my life. Withholding nothing.
We will draw men to Jesus. <laughs> men that come across our space are drawn to Jesus. Men are drawn to Jesus. <laughs> men are disciples to follow Jesus. When men see us, they see Jesus. When they see us, they see Jesus. Men are, men are drawn to the light. <laughs> They are not drawn to shadows. They are drawn to the light. They are drawn to the light. They are drawn to the light. My life will serve Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will seek his face. I will seek him. I will serve him. All the days of my life. I won't lose my steam. I won't lose my steam. My love and passion for Jesus will not wane. My love for prayer will not wane. My fellowship life will not wane. I will not give in to sin. I will do righteously. I will serve righteously. All the days of my life. And the Lord will say unto me, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou good and faithful servant. I will not waste all that he has committed to my hand. I won't waste it. I will steward it right. 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 I won't be a waster. No, no. I will steward it right. The relationships, I will steward it right. Every soul that God has given to me, I will steward it right. I will steward it right. The position, I will steward it right. I will serve God dutifully all the days of my life. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. All the resources, I won't waste it. I won't waste it. Lord, that you will not come and find me in a day where I'll be drunken, sleeping, wasting away. No. You will come in. You will come and find me at my duty post. Seeking and serving. Seeking and serving. No. I will serve you all the days of my life. All the days of my life. I have decided to follow Jesus. Oh, Sheila Malakosia. Come on. I need men to cry out for grace. I need men to cry out for mercy. Cry out for grace. 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 I will serve Jesus. I will be an example. I'll be an example of all believers. I will show men how to serve Jesus. I won't be given to sin. I won't be given to like a desical attitude. No, Jesus. Hey, 
Some of you need to cry out to God for mercy. You have wasted time. You have wasted resources. You have wasted the influence. You have wasted talents. You have wasted treasures. You have wasted possessions. You have wasted resources. You have wasted monies. You did as you pleased. It's time to ask the Lord. You will not come again and not find fruit. You will find fruit on this tree. You will find fruit on this tree. All the things that I have wasted, I am sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry. When men come to see me, they will see Jesus. No, I won't privatize your office. I won't corner your resources. I won't steal your resources. No, I will show men the way. I will show men Jesus. Hey, mama, maka siya libos. Shele na mano siya manabazo. Shele mano sa nanana. Shele na mama na kosiye na mama na mama na siya mama. Hey, mama na kosa na mama na mama na na siya na mano. Ah, I will obey God in my spirit. Ah, she mama mama mama, she mama mama mama. Your will be 
we we'll lived our lives the way we please Jesus today today we submit everything at your feet to realize that our lives are yours everything that we are yours yours Lord, I pray for these ones. These ones are the helm of affairs. These ones are the stewards you have committed this work into their hands. These ones have a responsibility of showing their world, Jesus. Have a responsibility of doing the work of ministry the way you please. Lord, once again, we rededicate ourselves to you. With passion, with zeal, to do your work the way you please. You won't come to us and not find fruit. We'll be men of the Spirit. Men pleasing God, following God, serving God with our heart, our conscience, our spirit in the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Lord, from today, these men and these women, whether it's ushering, protocol, whatever they are handling, whatever ministry they are handling, these men will burn on fire for Jesus. That men will see these ones and see examples to follow. Not only for their sake, not only for their lives. That they would mirror these realities in their lives and it will reflect in the ministry you've given them. These men will not substitute gold for brass. These men we walk in the ordinance of the Lord, showing men the highway, the way unto Zion. Showing men the example how of how to seek and serve God. These ones will not fall by the wayside. Jesus.
are saying we are going to be where you are it's only as you move that we will move as the cloud moves that's how we will move This life's consecrated unto you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Grateful Jesus. this re-engineers the way you see and do ministry. See, that's cool. Do ministry by example. And show men the way. The right way. The highway. are loving these meetings. <laughs> now it feels like we should be having Saturday meetings. <laughs> I just have one more meeting with you. But of course, I, am, I spoke with your pastor. We're going to be having more moments like this. Except you say we should not. I think we should just have um, periodic moments like this from time to time. So we'll schedule something like this. So and maybe from time to time we have we have the whole house we can have a service of, of some sort is it okay it's time to go deep into the world like never before never before so some some will have here some will come is that okay I know it's a new dispensation. It's a new dispensation. It's a new there's a new grace on the house. And the Lord will be mighty through you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. I have to go. I have a service to prepare for. Thank you.